Hello, hello, hello. Welcome along to Benchcast. I'm your host, Neville Dunno. On today's show, I'll be talking to former Irish and Munster scrum half, Tomás O'Leary. He'll be looking at the Six Nations and looking back on his career. This show is thanks to McCarthy's Interiors, their base in Douglas Court and Ballincollig Shopping Centre. Tomás, how are you? Good, Neville. Good to, good to be on anyway. So, yeah. um, always good to chat to, uh, to another Corkman. Yeah, well, I said I suppose we better get the boring stuff out of the way anyway, is that I'm a all man and it's well known that you're half a all man as well. So, uh, Ted, so are you, where are you living? What part of the city are you living in? Your Aaron's own is your club, though, isn't it? Aaron's own is my club. Um, yeah, so Glanton um, is where I would have uh, grown up. And obviously, it's just six miles east of, east of Cork City, for anyone who doesn't know it. Um, but my old fella, as you, as you said, he would have played with y'all back in the day. <clears throat> um, so we actually spent our first two or three years. Um, he was living in Middleton. So um, yeah, he, we were... someone said that to me. He, he never actually lived in y'all, but he played with y'all, didn't he? Is that right? Yeah, no, he, um, I suppose his family are, his mother and aunts and all these are from, from y'all. Yeah. Uh, his, his aunt, his aunt down park in y'all. And uh, like he would have grown up um, in Middleton. Um, majority of the time spent in Middleton, and then we grew right. up. Um, we were, I think, two, two and a half. I was when I moved up to. And why do you, why, why, why do you choose you all rather than Middleton? Is that not you know a sacred scene? No, well, he he didn't. He, I think he was. Uh, I actually don't know exactly where he grew up, but he grew up in the country. He wasn't actually from Middleton town initially. It was not only his his mother moved there later in life, but yeah. uh, Middleton approached him numerous occasions apparently, but he wouldn't uh, move right. in because. Uh, I think Yall was the parish that they initially were in, so right. um, that's why. And uh, he, while he spent a lot of his, his life in Middleton, he, I suppose, yeah. he stayed loyal to Yall. And even when they were, I suppose, at a lower grade um, playing, I think even junior and intermediate, um, I think they won an intermediate. God knows, I'll be guessing the year, but sometime right. in the in the 80s anyway. Um, yeah. So he had a bit of, he had a bit of, uh, I suppose, success with them. But yeah, he kind of, he he uh, he refused the. The approaches from the city teams and from the, yeah, the big yeah. towns Middleton were back then, like so. But yeah, uh, he's always uh, yeah, I man. Obviously, I was acutely aware of that, and a lot of people over the years would have thought I was from down East Cork or proper East Cork direction. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. As I said, I grew up in uh, grew up in um, in Glanton and I'm living in Cork City now. And tell us, how's the how's the COVID treating you? Then are you working now at the moment, Tomas, or and you was young family? Actually, yeah, I. Well, I'm actually a year into a two-year master's, uh, so I'm a student teacher at the moment. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm teaching up in my old school in CBC. All right. Um, so yeah, so it's good. It's been good. Um, good timing for me, I suppose. The fact that I'm uh, I'm studying, but my old school as well have uh, have taken me on for the year. So CBC Cork, obviously, traditionally a rugby school, but um, had got the last two Harty finals as yeah. well, and had big big designs and winning the Harty this year only for the pandemic yeah I, I i was going to get into that next as well like but i actually speaking of y'all I, I did an event down in y'all last or christmas before and we had a uh, seamus harndy bill cooper david callahan it was just in the local pub but i was talking to sean harndy seamus's old fella afterwards and he was telling me about how he was talking to your old fella and he was saying how tomas is after is after choosing the feckin' rugby, like, you know? So, like, uh, how did you decide to go at the rugby route rather than the hurling route? Yeah, Shami Harney actually is teaching up in Christians as well. Oh, yeah, he is, yeah. yeah. So, 
I'd be working with them on a daily basis. But how did I choose the rugby? Like, I guess, back in my day, um, you could play, I suppose, more sports. There was no making decisions or generally you could tip away at a few things um, and I was kind of encouraged. So, um, obviously, look, from day one, um, it was all about the hurling for me and, you know, I wanted to try and emulate my father and emulate Shawnee's achievements and, and go on to play with Cork and that's what I was obsessed with from, from day dot. Um, and, you've, you know, photos of us, um, uh, you know, with Hurleys and we're, we're like up to my knee and yeah. literally every photo I have, already, I have a Hurley in my hand and look, I lived with that Hurley, I guess, for the first 17, 18 years of my life and I kind of had that goal maybe till I was 15, 16 of playing with Cork and, you know, I was uh, tunnel vision uh, about that. But yeah. then I suppose uh, having gone to gone into Christians um, in first year, I took up the rugby at 13 years of age and obviously, you know, I had, uh, you know, did, did well at it and gradually progressed uh, from, I suppose, the, the bottom team of school in, in the first year, you know, up to the top team. Yeah. Um, within kind of space of five or six months and then obviously went on to I suppose representative levels in fourth and fifth year in school representing Munster and then Irish schools in fifth year um, so the whole Munster thing is starting to take off Munster were in European finals losing to Northampton there was a big buzz around the the you know professional rugby and Munster rugby and you know then I started kind of getting a sniff of that and you're, yeah. you're getting closer to that and you get offered a place in the Irish Academy it was at the time so I had a I had a choice to make then at that stage when I left school um, do I go into the Irish Academy and give it, it was a three-year contract I was offered um, give it a go for three years and worst case I just felt that I, if I didn't make it I could always go back hurling so it was basically when I was out of school that I had to make a decision whereby um, I suppose I was lucky that I could continue playing with Cork Miners and stuff and combine the rugby to a good level but when I come out of school then and it was a, it was a case of look um, make up your mind here whether you want to be a monster rugby player. Um, if you if you want to be a professional rugby player, you're going to have to basically give up the hurling. So, look for me at that stage, it was a no-brainer because, like I said, three years at it. Worst case, go back hurling. Yeah, like I suppose there's in fairness in rugby, there's a good career out of it. Like like we're, we're, I'm actually not living too far from you to see, and I see Conor Lahan working in the. AIB and College Road and you know it's they must be very jealous of the likes of yourself and even Dave O'Callaghan I'd be but that they can devote themselves to the game but another big question I ask as well is I suppose being from Cork is are you known as didn't, didn't you win a weren't you captain of the Cork Miners if you, are you known as the Cork Miner captain or are you known as Tomás O'Leary just won a Grand Stam and a Heineken Cup I'd say at this stage it's probably more for the for the um, for the rugby to be fair but right. Um, for a long time, it was luxury. I grew up with Shawnee's son. Yeah. And every, you know, when I met, was asking me about the, the hurling and, you know, was it going to be as good as my old fellow and all that. So growing up, definitely it was, uh, it was kind of the, the hurling kind of connection. And, but um, obviously, I suppose I went to professional rugby, um, you know, like I said, 18, 19, made my debut at Munster at whatever, 21. And, you know, played rugby then for, for 14 years, you know. So I guess... At this stage, thankfully, it's yeah. more rugby. But definitely, obviously, a lot of people would still associate me with being that minor captain back in 2001 and being part of that team, you know, with the likes of uh, John Gardner, Satanto Halpine, Fraggy Murphy, um, Kiro Hero Murphy, these guys, Shane Murphy, all those lads. Um, so, you know, it was a great team to be part of and look still uh, one of, if not one of my proudest moments um, in sport. Like, I'm just... I suppose privileged looking back that you know I can say that I won in All Ireland. You know it was minor, 
But, um, you know, I can say I took that box playing in Crow Park with, with Cork and then obviously lucky to represent my country in Crow Park as well. So um, winning that All-Ireland means a hell of a lot to me. And did you go back playing a bit of hurling when you retired, uh, Tomas? Like, uh, I, did. I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like you're, you, what age are you? You're 37, 38? Yeah, 37, yeah, 38 now, October, yeah. Yeah, because I was looking it up and I was like, geez, you're you're still relatively young, you know? So like, uh, but but are you still playing a bit of gear well, when it was going ahead? No, I didn't last year, no. I took a bit of a break, obviously. Um, two smallies here, a five-year-old and one-year-old. So um, I guess with the kind of, the study as well. I'm studying at night for for the course, so it was kind of difficult. Um, look, this summer I might tog off, play a few games, but I won't be at any high level. Like, um, obviously, I certainly am the player that I used to be. Right, yeah. When I was, when I was a teenager playing hurling, you know, I was very quick um, and skillful, and you know, I'm no longer quick or skillful. So, um, I'm not adding much to the to the table there. So, yeah. um, right. just to get up to get up to the car lag, have a poker with the lads more. So, yeah. if I if I go back to it, you know, yeah, you could play, play a bit of junior C or something like you know. So, um, but um, the the other question I ask is um, like your rugby career. Then I suppose if we just talk about it, is that you had a very successful stint. You know, you were looking away that you were you're part of that great Munster team that won the Heineken Cup and you look at Munster now, it's been a while since we've been at the very top end of Europe and like you won a Grand Slam as well, you know, like you, you got in at the right time, didn't you, in your rugby career? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said there, like when, when you retire, you, you probably get a chance to look back because um, when you're playing, you're constantly searching for the next thing or you're, you know, you're looking to what's the next achievement or what's the next goal. Um so I look back and like I said, the All Ireland title means a lot to me. But then obviously going on to the Munster team, full of full of a team of legends, and you getting to play with them for for uh, winning two Heineken Cups with them, and you know becoming good mates with them. Um, so like that was just that was a privilege altogether. And it's kind of I mean you know you look back now, uh, I think that Munster team will always kind of be a real kind of special team. Um, and I you know obviously it's probably never going to be re- re- recreated because. That monster team was kind of uh, uh, in also in search of the Holy Grail and and managed to achieve it in, in 06 and then back it up in 08. So, yeah, being part of that was great timing and uh, just feel lucky looking back on it. And you know, still obviously great mates with uh, with a lot of those guys. Um, and then as you said, to represent your country as well and win a Grand Slam in 09 after whatever 60 years uh, waiting for Ireland. Um, yeah, look, unbelievable to look back on those and. I suppose when you retire, you can you can kind of appreciate those achievements for what they are. Yeah, um, I suppose I was looking up on YouTube today, and actually, well, a famous clip that keeps coming up is I, I think it's a great one. What you kind of brought in extra to Peter Stringer when you came in was I think it was the game against Clement. They broke through the back line, and you were running across the back, and you just smashed a fella. It's a class clip on YouTube, and the, the second clip, which is cool, is the. I think it was the quarterfinal against Gloucester over in Gloucester and you kicked the ball through to Dennis Hurley. They were two highlights that stood out for me. But like, to just to talk about, I suppose, just a quick question. Who's the best player you played with and played against? Best player I played with was definitely Raj. Um, oh, yeah. Just the control he had for games and the influence he had over every game he played. And obviously, lucky to play with that great monster team and that great monster pack. But any time, you know, as a front front eight or you know front nine, that we were struggling and the game was tight, or you know, might we made a kind of lost a bit of momentum, just flick the ball back to Raj, and next thing the spiral kick into the corner, and suddenly 
the pack is moving forward, there's a bit of momentum. And obviously then, uh, look, he obviously missed kicks in his early career, but he became a clutch kicker. Um, and, you know, he felt like if I had my life in the line and was asked for someone to, to kick a goal for me, it would be Raj any day. So just the influence and even the, I suppose, if you look at look at his injury uh, record as well, he was he was ready and available for every game yeah. for Munster in Ireland for whatever 14, 16 year period he played like. So he was just unbelievable to, to play with having outside him. And uh yeah, to, to play inside him for a number of years was, was was class really. So he's definitely um the most influential and probably best player I played. Obviously look trick up different player and had a different kind of uh influence. Look unbelievable like what he could do. Um, you know, the player he was early in his career and even, you know, what what he did later in his career as well. And again, the longevity and the durability he had. Um, I suppose one story about 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 Brian O'Driscoll would be uh, I can remember like the Irish training, like you might be after uh international at a weekend on a Saturday or Sunday and obviously that, that takes its toll. Yeah. Uh, so kind of Monday, Tuesday, even Wednesday, you might be still feeling it if you're if you're after a particularly hard hard game. And I remember you know rocking up to training on a Tuesday, and you know we used to do little mini tackling and breakdown drills, and I'd come kind of kind of looking around to see who I can get and lads who I know would take it easy. So I'd be looking yeah. for like Tommy Boer, whoever, and you give a wink and a nod, and you go at it like 70 percent. Yeah. So we were at it then. I looked to my looked to my right and Trick was there with I think Darius or someone else, and they're going full hammer and tongs um, at each other like hundred percent full metal jacket. This guy probably has hundred caps to his name already, three lines tours, um, and then kind of look look at myself and Tommy and look obviously Tommy achieved hell a lot, but there's a reason he he got that. And there's a reason he you know he yeah, achieved yeah. all that. You know, so um, that that kind of is uh, I suppose sums him up in a nutshell as to you know how good he was but just how tough he was and committed he was as well so I guess those two guys stand out and best player he played against again is probably going to be um, a common one like but Dan Carter was was different yeah, level. W- were uh, you in the 05 tour did, did you go on the Lions tour in 2005 no? oh, 2009 got picked on the Wednesday and broke my ankle oh yeah Friday so we're just playing against him with Ireland um, kind of what caught me about him was just the how how he glided across the the ground and covered the ground at such a such a pace and as well he's a handoff like he's not a massive man obviously he's in good shape but um I got a, a stiff arm handoff of him and, and the power he gave me um was was unbelievable so and again look skill skill level he had uh was class but um I guess you know playing playing behind that. New Zealand pack generally they would have been in top in ninety percent of the game. So yeah, he did have a, an arm to right most of the time, but yeah. but was he able to utilize that? So um yeah, Dan Carter obviously played against Richie McCaw as well. Um so he was class two. So look, probably Dan Carter, but Richie McCaw was pretty good too. Yeah, it's it's actually I saw Richie McCaw during the week and he's doing some Iron Man down in New Zealand. So you're on about how Brian or Driscoll used to hop off each other like I suppose he's another type of freak. He just these guys just like hard work and misery, I suppose. But um, oh, I'll just ju- ju- just to bounce it around there, Tomas, because uh, I'll just ask you a few more questions. And um, I actually went to school myself in Rossgrave and North Tipperary, and we had a very good hurling and rugby rugby team. And you're teaching now in Christians, and it's just funny you brought up how well Christians did in the Hearty Cup. People listening to this. Can you have have a good hurling team and a good rugby team in the school? You know, or like I I like that when you're a young fella that 
you know, that you're given an array of every sport, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely you can. And look, Christians have kind of uh, illustrated that and epitomised that really. Um, you can see they've been in the last two hearty finals and they've won the last two or three um, senior cups in, in the Munster Senior Cups. So absolutely, it's it's definitely possible. It probably helps that Christians have have big numbers. And look, there's yeah. 150, 150 lads in sixth year and 150 lads in fifth year to, to pick from. So that obviously helps. Um, when you have bigger numbers. Um, but look, absolutely, I think you can. Um, it's probably getting harder for lads to be dual status, to play both sports at the top level because the demands, um, physical demands in terms of training are massive, you know, both in terms of GA and, and rugby, look far superior than they were, what they were in my day. Like I didn't lift away till I left school. So I was literally training all around the clock and, and playing maybe two two games, maybe even three games, the odd thing. But every weekend I normally had two games, a guy game and a and a, a rugby game. So yeah. like the sustainability of that um is probably questionable given the fact that they're all on weights programs or, or fitness programs on top of I suppose the added uh demands of whether it's a, a cork um development squad or it's a monster kind of sub academy uh, when you're in school so definitely the demands on the, the top players in particular are greater than ever in terms of commitment but in terms of playing both sports in a school and even one or two lads playing dual status i think definitely can be done and look if i i'd be definitely encouraging the lads to, to play both till 16 17 or later if they can yeah. and obviously it's going to they're going to have to make a decision at some stage but i think the benefit of playing uh not just hurling rugby, but you know, the likes of soccer, yeah. uh, golf, whatever it is, uh, different, I suppose, skill sets, different um, athletic, uh, uh, you know, games. I think that's very beneficial for for young fellas. Yeah, they, I think they definitely benefit each other. And then when you get to the stage, then you make your decision. But um, actually, speaking of Aaron's own, the last question I ask is: Was it Brian Corcoran? I, I he was my hero growing up. Isn't he an Aaron's own man? Would you ever see him around the place now out there? Because I thought, because I just when you said play all those games, didn't he? He was on about how many teams when he was a young fella? Yeah, Brian. Um, yeah, he was himself and Jodine would have been my hurling heroes. So um, Brian, obviously, yeah, an Aaron's own man, hero for everyone down there. Yeah. And like it was like lucky to play play with Brian and played in a county final with Brian um to 2000 I think it was when we lost to Newtown but look he was unbelievable and yeah he was playing I think he played four years court minor hurling I think yeah. three years court minor football he was playing under 21 I think he played uh Cork senior hurling and football in the same year when he was 19 as well as on, on the underage teams so, and the CIT uh, team I think that's one stage. yeah exactly yeah. so yeah, look, Brian Cork and um, look still involved in the club, all right. Um, he's not coaching any teams in particular, um, and he plays a lot of golf down in Little Island in Cork Golf Club. Um, he's, he's big into the golf these days, but um, yeah, look, he's he's living in the parish and he's always floating around. So look, it's great, great to have a fellow of that. Um, I suppose, uh, uh, I suppose, ability and standing in the locality. So yeah, he's a hero of everyone in, in yeah. there and on. I suppose I better finish with the current state of Irish rugby because um, like. People nearly think this is a GA podcast, but um, like just looking at looking for the game on Saturday now, huge game against England. Like I suppose everyone watched you watched England France. Like I thought that was another level to Ireland v Scotland on Sunday. But where are we at at the moment? Do you think Andy Farrell is still the right man for the job? Yeah, look, I definitely think he's the right man for the job. Um, it's he's had a very very difficult opening in terms of um, 
I suppose, time with the players. He had a, he had a pandemic to deal with straight away. So very few international coaches um, had to deal with that or had to contend with that in their first 18 months or whatever it is. Um, my dealings with him, uh, he obviously came in to, to do a bit of work with us in Munster early days when, when Axel was there actually and very, very impressed with the guy. Um, total straight shooter and he's all about um, giving ownership and encouraging ownership um, for the players. So I think that's that's definitely the way forward. Um, the positivity from coming from the Irish camp um, is, I suppose, it, it kind of tells its own story. You know, all the players are really enjoying the, the environment and I think you can see uh, gradual, you know, improvement, definitely. And look, even the games we lost to France, uh, we weren't too far away. Yeah. Um, so I, I certainly would think he's the man for the job, give him time and we got to be patient with him. Uh, in terms of where Ireland are at, it's, it's hard to tell. You know, you see Scotland, uh, you know, doing a number of England and you, I know you said that the French and English game was a different level. It probably was, but Scotland did that English team as well. So we weren't too far from the French team. So I definitely think we can contend with England. Uh, it's just a case of maybe of us uh, probably being a bit more, um, I suppose, ruthless and utilising any kind of dominance that we have in the game and putting it out onto the scoreboard. We didn't do that against Scotland. And it almost caught us in the end. But um, I think England are probably struggling for a bit of form too. So them coming to town, obviously the news around CJ Stander, that will add, add an extra bit of uh, uh, impetus and motivation for the Irish lads. So um, I think we can, we can we can do a number in England. Yeah, well, that was a strange one, a stander, wasn't it? And um, and the other question I'll ask you as well, being a scrum half, why do you think of Craig Casey? Because he looks like a serious talent. Yeah, um, Craig Casey looks, uh, I suppose all the games I've seen him thus far uh, with Munster, uh, looks looks a phenomenal prospect. Um, look, I suppose you're probably even an insult to call him a prospect because he the, the work he's doing and the performance he's given for Munster have been very authoritative. Um, the you know he's been very assured of himself. Uh, you know I like the way he dictates to the the pack and, and to the players around him, the energy he brings and obviously the skill set he has in terms of his passing and kicking game. He also seems to be with a, a threat as well. So yeah, yeah, very impressed with with him. So hopefully um, he can get. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see now the the final uh, who they go with. Um, I assume they'll go with Conor Murray, but hopefully Casey will get a bit of uh, meaningful game time too. So. Um, look, very exciting time for him. And I suppose to see the standard one, yeah, very surprising news, I guess. I wasn't expecting it, but um, I suppose the, the reasons he's outlined um, have to take to my face value and they're very kind of noble, I suppose. Um, very refreshing to see to see someone, I suppose, follow their gut as well. It's You know, I had a few people ask me, was it an issue with regards to contract negotiations or anything? I very, very much doubt so, look, he... There are a few would have given him what he wanted. French teams would have been lining up for him. Um, even if he wanted to go back to South Africa and play, he would have had plenty of offers on the table. So um, I think it's just a case of him going back to, to his roots, back to the family farm, going back working there and obviously bringing up their their family um, in George and South Africa. So big loss to Irish rugby, big loss to Munster in particular. Uh, but what a servant he's been, like 50 caps for Ireland, 150 for Munster and I'm just hoping now that we can uh, he can sign off with a win against Leinster and, and win a pro 12, pro 14. And I suppose final two questions I have for you, Tomas, is um you did a, when you were finished with Munster, you did a bit of moving London Irish and Montpellier, I think it was. What did you enjoy your time with them? Like, would you advise that to, to players? I suppose that like look at Sean O'Brien who moved on to London Irish. I see Rob Kearney's doing very well down in Australia. 
Uh, did you enjoy your time at those clubs? Yeah, I loved it. I loved my experience uh, abroad. Um, I think it's it's hard to give blanket advice. Um, I suppose the fact that I, like you said, I had achieved what I wanted to achieve. Um, had, had won a Heineken Cups, had played with with Ireland and my career probably stagnated through injury and, and other things in Munster. So I guess I was frustrated and I wanted a new experience. So, But I was lucky that I had achieved what I wanted at home. So going to London Irish, I suppose, initially, there was elements that really frustrated me in terms of where we were at in the squad compared to where Munster were at. But then I suppose I just embraced it and really enjoyed the experience living over in London. Um, you know, met a lot of friends that I have to this day. And, you know, I always have a, a couple of places to go over in London. So loved it over there. And I suppose the, the pressure uh, was, was different to what it was here uh, at home. And then obviously came back to Munster for a year uh, and a bit with Axel um, and moved literally the week that, that Axel, Axel passed um, uh, that we got the news of that. So I was over in Montpellier doing a, doing a medical when I got that news. So it's pretty horrific. But yeah. so was the Montpellier, Montpellier experience was unbelievable. Played for six months there in the top 14. And then um, myself, my wife and, and our kid, uh, we travelled around um, south of France and, and lived up life for, for six yeah. months after that. So unbelievable experience. I definitely recommend it if if, if the player is in the, in, the, in the right headset. Yeah, well, I can see... My buddy Dave O'Callaghan's doing very well out there now with Beritz and um, who you'd know as well. Uh, finally, I suppose, what's the plan next now, Tomas? Like, uh, so you're teaching with Christians at the moment, and what are you going to stay there for the long haul, or what's what's next? Well, I suppose I'm still a student teacher, so I'm still yeah. learning the ropes. Um, I, yeah. to, I guess I have to get my qualification first, um, and I guess see where see see where it takes me. But yeah, look, I'm really enjoying the experience up there at the moment. I've, it's a school that I'm well aware of and look the the fact that um you know they combine uh, i suppose the the academic excellence with the the real uh, i suppose sporting excellence as well i think it's a it's kind of a, a holistic approach to, to student life um so i think it's a lovely place to to teach and particularly for me as a student teacher learning the ropes it's great so look um put my head down for the next year and, and make sure i get my master's and then see what happens but um would yeah. you ever like to get back into coaching or get into coaching yeah, like I've kind of chatted to one or two GA teams at the moment, and kind of it's just not the right time for me with, with my I suppose with my uh, with my studies at night and obviously you know family and, and working during the day, um. So it's just tough at the moment, but definitely something that I'd like to do as, as well in the GA. I'm obviously coaching one of the teams as well in, in Christians, the the Bone Shield team, which is the under sixteen team. So a lot of those guys will move on to the senior team next year. So I really enjoyed that, um, helping out the the kids in the school, and you know I suppose dealing with kids it's very refreshing and they're all uh mad to learn like so yeah. hopefully i can add a bit add a bit of uh knowledge to that and add a bit of value there so yeah, i'm enjoying that aspect but um moving on to i suppose senior setup at some stage in terms of adult coaching uh in the ga or in rugby yeah, i think it's something i'd like to do um but certainly not as a career but um i suppose as an addition to to my teaching profession well, well we're always looking for a few coaches out on sunday as well even though I think you are a dolphin man, and I don't know there'd be holy war if that happened, like you know. But um, exactly, you, yeah. are you still playing? Yeah. I, I am, yeah, yeah. Well, I was till this whole thing happened. Um, the last question I'll ask you, I was told to ask you by this, uh, is that was there some controversy a few years ago that your old fellow was coaching in McKinley and you were playing for Aaron Zorn at the time? That would have been back in, um, was that 99, 2000? Um, so it's a good bit back now, like, um. 
So I was obviously playing in, in the Aaron's back in the day. Obviously, it was different. We could you could play senior or whatever age. So there was a few of us. The hero was in goals, and I was playing uh, in the forward line. So I was 16, and uh, obviously my old fella was involved with McKilly at the time. Um, so we came against him in the semi-final anyway the county semi-final yeah. and uh, look I suppose the, the crack was look how was Shawnee going to coach against his son and uh, we ended up drawing the first game the hero actually Kiro the hero um, he did he was away ahead of his time he did the Anthony Nash so yeah. he's the fellow who actually brought the Anthony Nash in we were three points down uh, literally last puck of the ball in the semi-final and we got a, a free about 30 yards out and the hero threw the ball up I'd say he threw about 20 yards and he billowed the net yeah. Um, so, um, so he saved our bacon that day, and I think well, he, Brian Carton got a point later on as well, and then the the replay we 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 beat them anyway, so I got one over on the old fella, and unfortunately we went on to to lose the final to that great Newtown team. Actually, it's funny. I Bill Cooper on as the first guest in the podcast, and I asked him, should McKilly be in the county? And he said he does. But to hear from another perspective, do you think McKilly? Do you think they they should be in the Cork County Championship? Yeah, I, I think they do, but I guess I, I grew up, I suppose, because um, my old fellow was, was uh, the coach for a number of years. I, I I would have literally gone to all their training sessions as a young fella, poked around with the, with the with, with them as young fellas. That, you know, the, when they had Cusack, Dermot Sullivan, they had Landers, they had Joe Dean at one stage. They had all, the, they, they had all these court teams before they all went senior, the likes of Carrick Tool. They had the all lads, uh, Brendan Coleman, these guys. So... I grew up going to go and watching those guys training. So I guess I would have, I would have, I would have, I suppose a lot of those guys would have been, um, I suppose, big, big heroes of mine as well. Um, so I guess I would have an affinity with Immokili, although the general club man mightn't. Obviously, their dominance over the last few years, it was good to see it. Yeah, it was definitely yeah. good to see it broken up. Um, but I think they do add value um, to the championship, definitely, um, even UCC as well. Um, so yeah, I think you look at the history of the Cork County Championship. And obviously, the recent history is different, but in general, the, the clubs have had their their fair share, uh, you know, of of uh, complete titles compared to the division. So, yeah, I think they have value definitely. And the final question I got to ask you: You were at that, you were on dancing with the, with the stars a few years ago, weren't you? Yeah, they are, the, you, the, you, the, the money must have been good for that, like Christ you've almighty. Had about, you've had about sixteen final questions. I know. Every, I have. every question is the final well, that, question. That, that's definitely the final well, one. now. You'll have to work on your uh, work on your interview skills. For yeah. Um, yeah, dancing with the stars—that's my wife's fault. Uh, right. So she <laughs> she was actually in contact with them, and then she convinced me to do it. And I think after a few weeks, she regretted it because I was up in Dublin dancing with an Italian girl. I was drinking pints nearly every night. She was at home with the small. She was at home with a small fella. Like so, uh, after a few weeks, I think she got a bit sick of it. Thankfully, it didn't last too long. Yeah. Um, it was a good old crack, but yeah, geez. The old dancing didn't improve at all. Like so, um, I met some, met some good lads, Marty and uh, Rob Heffernan, and a few lads. So we we could all crack. You must have got the piss pulled out of you, I'd say, at the time. But uh, I, this there is definitely this is definitely the final thing. Anyway, uh, Tomas, <laughs> I I do this with all my guests. So sixty second questions. So yeah, so, favorite food, steak. Favorite golf course, Cork Golf Club, Little Island. How often do you do your dirty laundry? Uh, very rarely. Um, when, when my wife's away, she'll kill me for saying that. Westlife I or Boys? Westlife West or Boys on? Westlife. Do your best celebrity impression. <laughs> Come on, give us something. 
Wait, no, I can't. Jeez. Um. Alright. Go on, I'll leave you off then. Uh, win the World Cup or win the Masters? Win the Masters. Uh, Favourite holiday? Would have been uh, an island in Fiji called Vatileli. Oh, I was there actually. Would you play. Who would play you in a movie? Ben Stiller. And um, tea or coffee? Coffee. All right. Tomas, you've been a good sport. Thanks a million for that. Cheers, Neville. Pleasure, bye. No bother. Thanks for that. And thanks for listening. Remember, you can get this podcast on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks again to Tomas O'Leary. And thanks to McCarthy's Interiors. They're based in Douglas Court and Ballycollig Shopping Centre. Make sure to check them out on Facebook and Instagram for more. I'm your host, Neville O'Donoghue. And until next time, see you later.